Jemasi and hello from Nepal. This is Brian and it's a pleasure to be with you this morning, River's Edge. Uh, we are going to open up to Galatians chapter 5 and we're going to start there in just a minute. Uh, but first let me pray for us and the time that we get to share with the Lord together. Yeah, Father, we praise you. We love you. Would you be lifted high today? Would you be glorified today? Would you glorify Jesus today? Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and have your way. Make dead things come alive. Shine light in darkness. Yeah, bring life where there was death, Lord. We praise you for your love. We praise you for your word. Come and have your way in this time. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 5. Are you there? We're going to start in verse 22. And it reads like this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. question that the Lord put on my heart for this morning and my time with you is this. How is your heart? What is the desire of your heart? If we could look inside, peel everything else away and see, ah, this is my most prized possession. This is what my heart really beats for more than anything else. What would we see? What do you see? We know that the Lord loves the heart. Hey, early on in Samuel, when David is being, is being anointed as the king, the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, I don't see as you see. Man looks at the outside appearance. I look at the heart. <laughs> I'm different than you. I see right through everything else. I look at the heart. And my, my question that the Lord put on my heart for you this morning is, what is sitting enthroned on your heart? Okay. One of my favorite verses is in Matthew. Chapter 7. Verse 21 it says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter on judgment day. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you get away from me. You who break God's laws. This verse used to scare me <laughs> before I knew the Lord. And now it brings me great joy. Because I, I know that he sees through all of the outward circumstances, all of, all of the fluff, all the facade that could be put on. He sees directly through the heart. 
And, and he, he, wants, he wants to be known. He wants to be glorified. He wants to be the one who sits enthroned on our heart. And I can say in my life now, he is, he is the love of my life. He is the reason that I live. I have a clean heart before him. He has washed me with his blood and I live for him in everything that I do. But it wasn't always like that. I, I remember when I knew I didn't have a clean heart. I knew he could look inside of me and, and find, find areas that were not holy, that were not pure, that did not have an eye only for him and his glory. And this is, this is several years ago. The Lord had met me in a radical way in 2017. And he slowly, slowly started to unravel and, and uproot the old self from my life. And one night I was in graduate school at Whitworth while I was coaching there. And I came out of my class. We had night class. So it ended around 9 or 9.30 in the evening. And I came out of class and I heard the Lord speak to my heart. And he said, if you go in the prayer room right now, I will heal your heart. I'll give you a new heart. And Whitworth inside the chapel, if you've been there, has a small little prayer room on the side. And I went, the door was still open, and I got to go inside the prayer room. And I started spending time with the Lord there. And while I was there, the Lord gave me a vision. And I had my eyes closed, and he just let me see this picture of my heart. And all around my heart was this sort of ribbon uh, and you think of it like a clown that you see where they have the sleeve and out of the sleeve just comes this ribbon and just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and there's no end to it. That was what was wrapped around my heart. I saw my heart just wrapped and I started to unwrap my heart just slowly, slowly pulling this ribbon away. But I just kept pulling and kept pulling and kept pulling and, and the amount around my heart didn't change at all. I was still completely encompassed. Uh, my, my, my heart had no change. I was just trying to pull, pull away, pull away, pull away. But it was a never-ending process. My heart was never going to change. And I, I just cried out to the Lord in, in all sincereness and said, I, I can't change my heart. You have to do this. I know my heart is not pure. I know my heart is not clean. I can't change it. I want to change it. I can't change it myself. I need you to change it. And in that moment, he told me that he would, and he did. He, he just gave me this picture of a complete transplant of that which I had been trying to unwrap on my own. He now simply picked up in his authority, in his grace, in his power, took out and gave me a new heart, his heart, <laughs> one who beats after him for his glory and his praise, something I could never do on my own. And it's the question that he, he put on my heart for you all this morning is what, what does your heart beat for and what are you doing about it? I think this is a similar question to what Jesus was getting at when he talked to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. This Jewish religious leader had come to Jesus under cover of night. He, he saw something that was from God that he wanted. He, he knew there was something different about this man. And he came to Jesus and he asked him. And Jesus flipped the script on him and said, you can't even enter the kingdom unless you're born again. 
And this, this religious leader of Israel didn't have a clue what Jesus was talking about. He saw the need in his heart. Ah, oh, there's something that you have that, that I want and I don't know. And I don't know how to get it. And Jesus told him how to get it. We'll read from verse chapter 5 in John 3. Jesus says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Some of the same questions were being launched into the forefront for Nicodemus. What does your heart beat after? What are you doing about it? His heart wanted what he saw in the Son of God. What he was doing about it up until that time was just religion. It was, it was custom and tradition and following the letter of the law, much like it talks about in Galatians, uh, starting in chapter 3 before our text for today. Hmm. Trying to do things in our own strength to get the results that we're desiring. We see we're not filled with love or holiness or pure Yet the way we go about it may not be the way that the Lord's invited us into. He says, it must be by my spirit. You must be born again. In Galatians 5, our text said, the Holy Spirit produces this fruit. That which you long for, which your heart might be desiring, the love and the joy and the patience, the peace, the the God who has made you residing in you, that which you most desire, relationship with Him, this only comes about by His doing, not our own. All of the spiritual practices could be laboring in vain if we don't let the Holy Spirit come and have his way in every part of us. The love and the peace and the joy that we want to clutch for in quiet time, a Sabbath, reading of the word, spending time with the Lord. This can all be for naught if we don't let the Lord have his way. He must do it His way. And the results will be beautiful. Abraham tried to bring about the promise of a son in his own strength. Yet God had different ideas. By His Spirit, He wanted to bring about His own promises. It's what He wants to do in our life as well. It says, I'll make you new creations. And we can go about the, the rhythms or the exercises of what we think we need to accomplish to be these new creations when all he's waiting for is us to cry out to him from the depths of us and saying, God, I need you. I can't do this on my own. You must finish what you've started. You must birth what only you can birth in me. Clean hands, a pure heart, 
love and joy and the fruit that the Spirit produces in our lives. You must produce it, Lord. It can't be by my own strength. Will you come to Him and ask Him to produce in you what only He can produce? Will you let Him (laughs) search you and then transform you? Point out the the sin and the darkness and the, the hidden things and then not in a condemning way, but in the most lovely way we could ever dream. He comes and He says, I'll, I'll exchange that for you. My blood and my body laid down for you. I've, I've paid for your fullness. I've paid for you to experience this fruit that you long for, that you can never bring about on your own. Will you do it on my terms? Will you cry out to me and let my spirit transform you? One more time from Galatians. Picking up in chapter 5, verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is my encouragement to all of you. As you continue in to practice the ways of Jesus, don't practice in your own strength. Follow the Spirit in every area of your life. Recognize where He is shining light and surrender it to Him. Lay it at His feet. Let Him transform you. Don't try to do it in your own strength. I feel Him just crying out to some of us today saying, would you, would you stop striving? Would you simply come to me? Would you cry out to me? Would you call on me and let me save you? Let me transform you. Let me make you new. What a relief it is to take off our own yoke and put on His yoke. The one who made us in love. The simple, the simple gospel. Loved and redeemed, not because He had to, but because He wanted to created out of dust not because he had to he wanted to make you (laughs) he wanted to form you he wanted to be in relationship with you and with me when we pulled away he pursued willingly laying down his life shedding his blood giving his body in love not because he had to because he wanted to You are loved. And it's to this Lord that we come. Not a a tyrant who shames us for not measuring up to the standard, but one who says, I am the one who's made you. I'm the only one who can make you whole. Would you come to me and let me heal you? Then you'll be truly healed. Lord, would you show us our hearts today? Would you illuminate in this room, even now, what sits on the throne of our heart? Let us see clearly, Lord. And would we in that moment also see you clearly if you are not the one who reigns and rules and captures our every thought and ambition? Would you illuminate that? And would you present to us an offer too good to be true? 
freely, freely taking it all for us. It takes death on our part. It takes laying down our life. It takes giving up everything else that we may have Him and know Him and love Him. But what else could we possibly want? The cares of this world are fading away. The jobs and the worries and the securities and the control that we try to hold on to. He's inviting us today to lay at his feet and to invite him by his spirit to give us a new heart. To birth in us the fruit that only his spirit can birth in us. Love, joy, peace. To walk in stride with Him, not by our own strength, but in His. Jesus can transform your heart. What's raining on your heart today? What are you doing about it? May your own strength be surrendered to His glorious grace and love. May His Spirit work in you what only He can do. Hallelujah. Who is this person that's talking to you today <laughs> about, about a heart transplant? Uh, again, I'm Brian. I was a part of River's Edge for a number of years before the Lord plucked me out of Spokane and landed me here in the Kathmandu Valley in Nepal. You might ask, how is life in Nepal, life in Nepal, is amazing. <laughs> not, not because of any circumstances or surroundings. It's amazing because the Lord is here by his spirit. He led me here. And I know this is exactly where he wants me to be in this time, in this day, in this hour of my life. And because his spirit has birthed the desire, <laughs> birthed the action to be here and is leading each day is a joy to be in Nepal. That's how Nepal is going. It's amazing. But if the Lord desires something different tomorrow, it'll be a joy to follow him wherever he goes because I know by experience, he is the only one who can produce the lasting fruit in my life. The peace that he promises, the joy that he promises are so real to me day by day because I stopped trying to grasp for other things and decided to surrender and yield to wherever his spirit wanted to lead. Life in Nepal is awesome. Life in Spokane can also be awesome. And I think it's one of the Lord's invitations to us all today, saying, will, will you let me satisfy the desires of your heart? Lay down everything else that you're striving after. Come and follow me.